It's an off day for the Cardinals today, so let's introduce you to one of their top 30 prospects instead, right-handed pitcher Ian Bedell. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow me on Twitter at JD Sports Radio and the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. We want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as YouTube. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode being brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. With the Cardinals enjoying a day off before beginning their series in Boston this weekend, it kind of gives us a chance to take a step back from the Major League team and uh, chat with another one of the top 30 prospects in the Cardinals organization. And joining us today... From one of my old stomping grounds, actually, from Peoria, Illinois, Peoria Chiefs right-handed pitcher, 24th overall-rated prospect in the Cardinals organization, Ian Bedell. Ian, thanks for jumping in here today, man. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your background, because most uh, fans who just pay attention to the big league club won't really be familiar with a name that's in the organization outside of maybe Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn. Those are the ones most people are talking about, but um, you actually grew up, uh, you're, you're a Midwest guy. Yep. Midwest guy born and raised in Davenport, Iowa. Uh, I have an identical twin. So I always had a strong competition growing up with him. Uh, we started playing baseball around, I think it was three or four years old. Our, my dad took a tee out in the backyard and we started hitting around. Then started playing Little League at six years old. He somehow convinced the director at the uh, local Little League to let us play at six. And then started playing some form of travel ball at around nine years old. Now, growing up, uh, did you have any certain favorite players that you that you looked up to? Because usually who you liked is somebody you might idolize and become more like uh, down the road. And you're a pitcher now. So was it, was it a pitcher that was your favorite player growing up? I always wanted to be a hitter. Uh, <laughs> ironically enough, did not have the uh, the ability to do that. Uh, my favorite player was Colby Rasmus. So that oh. was someone that I always idolized. And I played outfield uh, growing up and is also in high school. But uh, the bat was never going to be my future. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever grow out the Colby Rasmus hair like he had back in the day? Uh, no shot. <laughs> I, I am not, not blessed with the hair gene on that one. <laughs> well, you were blessed with a, a right arm, and uh, that led you out of high school, took you to Mizzou. Some people may not know that you actually went went to Mizzou. What made you decide to uh, head to Columbia? I absolutely loved Columbia from the first time uh, I stepped on campus. it was I committed originally, and I think it was January of my sophomore year of high school. So pretty early on in the recruiting process, it was uh, to the old head coach at Missouri, uh, Tim Jamison. Uh, And then ultimately, I think it was that next year or later that summer that uh, 
things kind of parted ways and I ended up staying committed to uh, Coach Beezer. But just walking around the campus uh, and seeing the facilities, I fell in love with uh, Columbia. It reminded me a lot of my hometown, which was not my hometown, so it was good to get away. Uh, but it, you can't beat playing in the SEC. Right. And that's one thing that, uh, you know, back in the day, they, they weren't an SEC school. And then now, like, competition pretty fierce uh, as far as it's pretty much every sport in the SEC. So it's uh, yeah. clearly one of the reasons why a lot of people would love to come to Mizzou. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, one major leaguer, past or present, that you could face there in the box. Who do you want to face? Who do you who do you want to challenge? I have to challenge my favorite player. I got to go with Colby Rasmus. <laughs> you might be able to get that. I don't know what he's doing these days. I mean, maybe, but I think that would be pretty cool. Grew up uh, so originally the Quad Cities was a uh, a Cardinals affiliate before I think they moved in like 2007 or whatever it is. Pretty early on, so we got to see all those guys come up through uh, St. Louis and became an Astros. So we got to see all the Astros rebuild. And then mm -hmm. I guess now as of last year, it's a uh, Royals. But for some reason, I took a liking to Colby Rasmus. He was an exciting player. And it was kind of a bummer that, you know, his career didn't work out for, you know, as far as with the Cardinals, because he went on to have a successful long career yeah. in the major leagues. And one of the big things is he was kind of responsible for one of the Cardinals World Series because the trade of Colby Rasmus yeah. to Toronto brought a lot of pieces that, ended up winning a title for the team. So in one way, shape, or form, kind of responsible for, for the Cardinals yeah. getting a ring. He had year. a helping hand. He had a helping hand for sure. Uh, you mentioned that you didn't exactly have the uh, the hitting capabilities. Do you miss hitting as a pitcher, though? Like, did you, did you like still getting in the box from time to time, or are you glad that that's over? As of now, I'm extremely happy that's over. Uh, <laughs> in high school, you would have never gotten that answer out of me. Uh, but also, just being in Iowa, I think I saw one kid in a high school game throw 90 miles an hour. It was just, it was a lot of 80, 83, and I could hit sure. that. But as soon as I got to college and everybody's throwing 92, I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you don't need this. I'm really happy that I don't have to go up there and try and bunt 97. Right, right. Um, Music-wise, I'm not sure what you're into, but usually it says a lot about a, a a player what his walkout or walk up song is. What are you What are you currently rolling when you when you come out of the pen? So I did not grow up a country fan because my dad hates it. Uh, but now that's basically all that I listen to. So I found a combo of a country and a rock song. Uh, it's called Outlaws and Outsiders by Corey Marks. Uh, and for some reason took a liking to it. It's the only song I've ever downloaded off of suggested songs for you on Apple Music, ironically. <laughs> uh, it was originally my walkout in 2020. I got to hear it one time at Mizzou, and then the season was canceled. Yeah. Uh, I got to hear it zero times in 21 because I never pitched at home because of surgery. Yeah. Zero times in 22, and I've heard it <laughs> twice so far in uh, 2023. So it's been there for three years, and I've heard it three times. You've just been dragging it around like luggage yeah. with you all these years. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you don't give up. That, that says something about you right there. I will not quit on this song yet. All right. We do not want to talk yet. about you. You mentioned the word surgery there. I do want to talk about your your Tommy John surgery next. Uh, you know what what that was like on you recovery, stuff like that, because a lot of us have heard about the surgery and it's like like it's no big deal, but it really is kind of huge. And uh, you've recovered from it nicely. So I want to talk about that coming up next on Locked on Cardinals.
Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with great deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the events that you have got coming up on your calendar. And speaking of calendars, for, forget about planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. I know they're going to release the uh, NFL schedule tonight. I know people are going to get excited about going to see their favorite teams. Forget about planning ahead. Exclusive flash deals on tickets for things like football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means that you will always get the best price. And if you actually find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. They're going to take care of you. Tickets are sent directly to your phone. No more fumbling around through your emails looking for those tickets. You can snag them without the stress, and you can get them easily by getting them directly to your phone, courtesy of GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. The Cardinals are in Boston this weekend, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. We want to thank you guys for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We will have a preview of the Boston series coming up tomorrow. But today, more importantly, we actually have a guest on here. We're joined by Cardinals prospect Ian Bedell, who was uh, joining us from Peoria, Illinois, where he plays for the Peoria Chiefs right-handed pitching prospect. And uh, last segment, we talked about Tommy John surgery. You you had this done a couple of years ago. And uh, again, everybody's familiar with the name Tommy John surgery. And they treat it as if it's like a, a sprained ankle or something like that these days. The, the expectation in fans' eyes is that, oh, you get the surgery done and then you come back and you're, and you're even better. You know, you're throwing harder. It's no big deal. But it's still a, a major surgery on the most important part of your body as a pitcher. I'm just curious, what was your reaction when you were told, looks like you're going to have to have Tommy John surgery and how it affected you physically, obviously, but also mentally when that, when that hurdle came down? Uh, I was completely baffled if I'm going to be fully honest and looking back now, I don't know why I was because none of the, the pain that I had was not uh, where the ligament really is. I really just had forearm pain more than anything. Um, and I also had a severe lack of like elbow flexion and extension. So I couldn't touch my shoulder like this, uh, which is not good. Um, <laughs> now everybody's uh, and, trying it at home. Can yeah, I do that? Yeah, now I, everybody, yeah. Do I need Tommy yeah, John? <laughs> I, that was not, that was not a good sign, but for some reason I just didn't accept the fact that that was real. Uh, and I was able to throw through it for a little bit. And my girlfriend was like, do you need surgery? I was like, no, it's just my form. Like, I'm fine. Maybe two months shutdown. We're good. And then I'm like, yeah, I need surgery. And that was not a fun conversation. Uh, but the rehab process itself, it, it was really smooth for the first eight months. Uh, I had a great team down in uh, West Palm, Jupiter area at the facility that helped me. Uh, and then right when I got to live ABs, which I think was about nine, nine and a half months in or so, uh, started to get a little bit of like forearm issue and had to shut down and then had another setback uh, while trying to come back. So I think I was originally going to get cleared like early mid-June. 
somewhere in there and then actually didn't end up getting in a game until mid to late August. So it, it took a while. And I wouldn't say the surgery part was mentally draining at first because it was nice to have the clarity of like what those issues were. Uh, and I actually went and lived in Arizona for two months with uh, my old college roommate who was also rehabbing from Tommy John. So it was, it was kind of like not a match made in heaven, but it made the situation a lot better than what it could have been. Um, and then th those dog days of summer, I guess, if you want to call that a rehab, uh, seeing all my buddies who also had Tommy John from that same little, uh, recruiting class, uh, get out and go pitch wherever. And I was supposed to be the first one out. And now I'm the last one out. That part was mentally training. But yeah. uh, going into this off season, uh, for some reason, I took a three week break and every issue cleared up and I've felt great ever since. Which is fantastic to hear because you're having a heck of a year in Peoria thus far this year. Um, when you get a, a surgery like that done, when the, the first time you stepped on a mound against live hitters, not just throwing in the bullpen or whatever, were you nervous again? Were you like a kid again? Were you like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm out here. Or was it more excitement? It was more excitement than anything. The first guy I faced was Mason Wynn, ironically. All right. <laughs> uh, so me thinking, I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I can blow a fastball by him. I got a brand new elbow. Yeah, I think he hit it off the right center wall or something like that. <laughs> uh, and then after that, everything was okay. But I was like, I'm, I'm good. Let's just chuck it as hard as possible. I threw it right down the middle, and he smacked the heck out of it. But... <laughs> Yeah, more excitement than anything, more than nerves. Not so much nervous that my elbow was going to give out or anything like that. I mean, there was nine months and two months of bullpens already in the works. So it, if there was going to be an issue, I would have had it probably a little bit earlier. And I, at that point, I was just full go. Now, you got drafted by St. Louis. Uh... Kind of cool, considering you you know you're just a couple of hours away from St. Louis over at Mizzou. Um, when you got the call that the, the, the Cardinals were taking you, were you surprised by it, or was it something that that was expected? Maybe you had been in contact with him uh, leading up to the draft. The Cardinals were not one of the teams I would have guessed. Uh, I didn't have a whole lot of contact with them throughout the process. I mean, I had the pre-draft interviews and all that kind of stuff, but throughout draft day. They were not one of the teams that uh, me or my agent was hearing from. So when I heard that that was happening, it was pretty cool considering I grew up a Cardinals fan because sure. it was completely out of the blue to me. <laughs> and I always ask this uh, for the prospects because everybody does something different different on draft day. What were you doing on that day? Did you actually pay attention or were you uh, off trying to just clear your mind and just, hey, whatever happens, happens? I mean, the draft was in the afternoon. So in the morning, uh, we went and played golf. I actually shot like 82 or something, by far the best round of my life uh, at that point. Uh, and then throughout the day, uh, had friends and family coming over. And it was a pretty stressful day with how everything was going, but it ultimately ended up pretty good. So what was a bigger thrill, shooting 82 or getting drafted by the Cardinals? Uh, definitely getting drafted. Now, if we would have mixed in two or three hole-in-ones, then we might have a different conversation. <laughs> but uh, no, definitely getting drafted. Because a lot of us who play golf know what, like, a solid yeah. round, you're like, dude, I can walk on water today after shooting that. Yeah, that's, amazing. That's, that's what it felt like. <laughs> that's what it felt like. Um, preference, now that, you, you know, you're a relief pitcher uh, with Peoria, but 
a preference? Do you do you would you rather be a starter someday? Is that a goal of yours, or do you kind of like coming out of the bullpen? So I, I love the adrenaline rush, uh, adrenaline rush of coming out of the pen. I did it for two years at Missouri, and then ultimately that COVID year started uh, actually starting some games, uh, and then I also started a lot of games out in uh, the Cape Cod League. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as of right now, I'm actually transitioning back into the starting role. So last Sunday I started, and then now uh, this Sunday again uh, I'll start. So I think they're going to start slowly building my pitch count up. It's at about 60-ish right now, give or take mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, so, I mean, I, I love the routine of starting. Everything's a little bit easier, but there's nothing like the adrenaline rush of coming out of the pen. Yeah. Getting the getting the call, get him up, get get the yeah. righty up. <laughs> yeah, you got two minutes. Get hot. Yeah. <laughs> get hot quick, kid. Um, if you were to compare yourself for for people who don't, you know, haven't seen you pitch or anything yet, if you could compare yourself to a current major league player, who's somebody that you kind of throw like? You know, I've really struggled answering this question because people <laughs> always ask it because being a prospect, not everybody's seen you. They're like, oh, who do you yep. throw like? And I've never come up with a great answer. Uh, I used to, I've always said Corey Kluber, even though I don't really throw a sinker just because mm-hmm. mechanically there's some similarities. Pitch mix, if you take the sinker out of it and just add fastball, it'd be pretty similar. But also I feel like I'm doing myself a little disservice saying that I'm like, top of the line right now because <laughs> there's still a lot of work to be done sure. but i would say Corey kluber on a answer that i'm not overly fond of because i feel like there's definitely a better answer to it mm-hmm. uh people always ask about velo they're going to want to know how hard do you throw on average where do you usually like to settle in at and when you gear it up to just like i'm throwing it as hard as i can what do you think you can get to uh, I sit 92 to 94, and I'll hit five uh, occasionally throughout the game. Best bullets uh, would be 96. I think I've hit that three or four different times, but it's only like once or twice a game. It's not going to be very often, but <laughs> a lot of a lot of 92, 94. Which I wonder in this day and age with so many people throwing 98, 99, if guys who can, you know, command the zone and still sit between 92 and 96 where you guys are changing up speeds, whether that becomes the more successful type of pitcher instead of just trying to blow hitters away with with the heat every time. Because people are getting used to seeing it so much where it's not that big a deal anymore. We're seeing triple digits on guns now and people are like, eh, 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 I saw that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it's. It's stupid because I remember coming out of high school thinking, oh, like I hit 90, like I throw hard. And now all these kids in high school are like, oh, I hit 93 and that's average. I'm like, when did 93 become average? I know. Uh, but if you can, I mean, if you can spot up 92, 95, you'll be good, but you can get away with more mistake pitches if you want to say that at 98 to 100. People are still going to be able to tie me up. Right. But you're going to have a, you're going to have a better chance of getting away with something. Yeah. Uh, We're going to talk more about the art of pitching, which has become uh, a a big topic of conversation with uh, Cardinals fans after uh, Jack Flaherty's recent interview after uh, after a game. So I want to talk a a little bit about that with you coming up next here on Locked on Cardinals. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across 
all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience by collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. And win or lose, you get to keep your cards. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance. You collect more powerful cards, access next-level competitions and rewards. Rewards like... You know, scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys. They've got VIP experiences for you. You could meet Major League Baseball stars. All of this courtesy of So Rare. So head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards. Set your lineup and then start competing today to win those epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. The Cardinals will send right-hander Uncle Charlie, as he's better known as, Adam Wainwright to the mound tomorrow night against the Red Sox. You can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. We are joined by Cardinals prospect Ian Bedell, 24th ranked prospect in the organization. Uh, when you heard that, that you had cracked the top 30, did you did you pop any champagne? What was what was that moment like that you 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 had gotten there? No, definitely didn't crack any champagne. I mean, it's it's just one of those things. Like, it, it's nice that you're on the list, but in true regards to everything, it's not the end-all, be-all. It doesn't mean that you're going to be in the big leagues because you're the 30, top 30 prospect. There's plenty of guys that come on this list uh, and don't end up making it. So, I mean, it's nice to see that your work's been validated and everything like that, but ultimately the goal is to – be one of the 27 uh, on the roster, not one of the top 30 prospects. God, I love that mentality. Good stuff. All right, let's talk about what's going on in the major leagues right now. This year, they made changes to speed things up, and it, it certainly worked. Uh, games have been around a half hour faster on average. One of the changes has been the pitch clock, but there's been some around the league who don't like it so much and say that it, it kind of restricts the ability to shake off your catcher because there's no time to go through all of the different possibilities of different pitches and then different locations and the allotted time that you're given. Have you had any issues like that when it, when it first was implemented, was it, was it tough to get used to? And are, are, do you have any of those problems with uh, the way the pitch clock is that uh, you're not able to kind of get in sync with your catcher at all? Has that been an issue? So for me at college, we had, our coach wanted us to work extremely quick anyways. Mm -hmm. So that was never really an issue for me uh, with nobody on 14 seconds is not an issue at all. Mm -hmm. Just about every pitch, unless we're messing with hitters timing is going to be off by eight, eight seconds left on there. So six seconds off the clock or something like that, even with a shake, otherwise it's probably gonna be a little quicker uh, with runners on first and third. Again, no real issue because you can shake and it takes half a second to put down a different sign but when the only real issue comes when there's a runner at second base and you shake once and then you have to come set and there's three seconds yeah. left uh that's the only time that i've really run into an issue with that but at the same time you also get two or three disengagements however you want to look at it uh so you can kind of work around it in a way but it does make it a little bit harder when there's a runner at second base. Uh, I think that game planning with your catcher needs to be uh, done before the game for everything like that, mm -hmm. of how you want to pitch an exact lineup or certain situations uh, or coming up with a different sign sequence for if you do shake with the runner on second base of how you can get that sign in a little bit quicker. 
Yeah, I'm one of those. Like, I love the pitch clock. I think I think it's been great for the game. I've, I've noticed a lot of fans who might be, you know, kind of, you know, mid fans that aren't huge into baseball, you know, not nerds like me, but um, they've enjoyed it more coming out to the ballpark because things are things are moving quicker. I would be a proponent of adding a few more seconds on just for situations like that where you don't have to feel that panic <laughs> that you have to get the pitch yeah. done when, like you said, when there's three seconds on the clock, you're like, Oh my gosh. And you just kind of throw it up there and cause you're so scared of uh, the penalty. Yeah. I mean, it definitely takes the human weather delay out of the game of <laughs> walking three steps off the mound and walking back, grabbing right. and kicking the, and kicking the shoe cleaner and everything like that. So, I mean, it's nice that that's out of the game now, but definitely with a, with a runner on, especially at second base, it's, a few more seconds would probably be better. Now, I don't know how the pitch comp uh, sequence works because obviously it's just buttons that you press and it'd be quicker to get through signs. But at the lower levels of minor leagues, we don't have that. Right. So uh, you don't really see too many pitch clock violations for uh, anything other than like a hitter takes till nine seconds till they have to get in the box. Uh, and be looking up and then a pitcher wants to shake and then you run into an issue. So it's not so much a pitcher issue. Uh, it's more like just the overall game timing issue of a hitter taking until he has, he has to get in the box mm -hmm. and then the pitcher has to then delay it based off of that. Uh, Which again, there's tactics in the game. So to each their own, because at some point I might hold the ball for 14 seconds and try and mess with your timing. So see, you're doing you're, do, you're doing one. what former Mizzou yeah. pitcher Max Scherzer does, which is hilarious to me that yeah. he's like, oh, I'm gonna mess with dudes all the time up there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you got to take your advantages where you can get them. Yeah. Um, speaking of taking advantages, you've added a slider to your uh, pitch arsenal. What made you decide to add that particular pitch? And how long do you think does it normally take a pitcher to, or I should just say just you in general, how long did it take you to to learn it and feel comfortable enough to throw it in a game? So I've tried to learn a slider for, shoot, five years. <laughs> um, and it's been not, not good at any point throughout the entire process. I've always thrown a spike curveball. Uh, and at step camp this year, I was working with Griffin Roberts, who uh, we had, we did rehab together. We both had Tommy John around the same time. Uh, and at step camp in Feb early February, uh, we were talking, you know, like, yeah, I really want to try and learn the slider. So we started playing catch every single day. And this Griffin had a 70 or an 80 grade slider that is just unworldly. No one can hit it. Um, and just trying to learn the feel of how to throw it. and he always said, it, "You throw it. You throw one good one, and that's and you can feel it every time after that. And just like you said, through one good slider, and I was like, okay, I have the feel for it. I can tell when they're bad, and I can tell when they're good now. Um, and it took me probably a week and a half uh, before facing hitters with it, just because we were having live BPs and." Not to say that they don't mean anything, but there's no there's no harm in throwing a new pitch right. or trying something different. Uh, so I went out and tried to throw it, got a bunch of swings and misses on it, and I was like, "Well, I think I found something here." <laughs> and I had better command. Like, uh, welcome aboard, Mister Slider. I a, yeah, I had better command with it over uh, the spike curveball because uh, they were both just kind of like one to seven access instead of the curveball being like uncle Charlie's in a true 12, six fashion. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
so they were blending together and because i had better command with the slider and i was getting better results with it i just stuck with the slider and kind of have pushed the curveball into the side for a little bit now um talking about pitches um we've all like when i played it was like you know oh i wish i could throw this pitch we all you all want everybody wanted to learn how to do like uh you know the maddox change up on the outside part of the plate that just tailed over is there a pitch that if you could we're just playing for fantasy fun here if you could throw a certain pitch from somebody else's arsenal at an elite level whose pitch would it be so I already have a fairly good changeup, but I'm easily taking Devin Williams' changeup. There you go. <laughs> that, that thing's not a changeup. That's a screwball. <laughs> that thing is gross. Yeah, that thing is nasty, and I hate that the Cardinals that, that thing have is to an see outlier. It. <laughs> yeah, that thing's an outlier. I, I'll take that for sure. Um, and uh, just out of curiosity, not sure how many of the major league games you actually get to watch because you're busy playing your own season. But any thoughts on the struggles for the uh, Cardinals this season? Because it's caught a, a lot of us off guard because of all the the talent that's on this roster. And uh, you know, we keep preaching patience, and we're like, it's early, it's early, just give them a chance. But any thoughts uh, of what you think about the Cardinals' struggle so far? I mean, there's a winning culture around the Cardinals. We hear about it every year, uh, especially at spring training from our farm director. Uh, I think we're at 15 straight years or something like that of a, a winning record. Yep. So there's definitely patience that needs to be had. Everybody, there's always struggles throughout the year, whether it's at the beginning, the middle, or the end. Obviously, you don't want it at the end. But starting off a little slow, I mean, things always turn around. They always turn around. All right. Well, thanks again for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast for this weekend series against the Red Sox at historic Fenway Park with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Out of curiosity, when we're talking about Fenway, is there any ballpark, that you know, Major League Park, that you're more excited to hopefully pitch in one day? And you can't say Bush Stadium because we know you want to get up to the Major Leagues. <laughs> Um, I've been to Fenway for the Cape, so I've been down on that field. Uh, ultimately, shoot, uh, I pitched at Petco. Petco is awesome. I'd love to pitch there again. Um, probably Angel Stadium. I don't know why that rock waterfall is pretty cool. Right? So, and it's and it's LA, man. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> don't have to worry about weather or anything. Like you're just like just go out. There yeah. And throw. No kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, if you guys haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at lo underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Uh, obviously, Ian. I know if you're watching on YouTube, you can see his handle down below. But Ian, where can everybody find you online? If if you want anybody to find you online, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess. At the Twitter at uh, Bedell Ian or Instagram at Ian underscore Bedell. All right. Be sure to uh, like and subscribe on YouTube to help our channel and love for the Cardinals grow. Ian, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, best of luck in your next start on, on Sunday. That's cool to hear. And uh, we look forward to uh, hopefully seeing you up on the St. Louis Cardinals someday in the near future. Okay, pal? Well, thank you. Thank you guys for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason, and we'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. 